Welcome to the Family Worship Companion, supplementing your personal reading of Scripture with a Christ-centered emphasis and real-life application for every member of the family. Have you ever known a person or even an entire family to be devastated by sin? This is the reason why the Bible gives examples of what happens when we rebel against God. Our chapter today, Genesis 19, reflects upon the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, the merciful escape of Lot from the city, the death of his wife, and then the subsequent sin of Lot with his daughters. It's, it's, it's an awful scene, but it contains much in terms that we can learn from and run from. Genesis 19 is one of the most disturbing passages in all of the Bible. The opening three verses reflect upon the two men that were with Abraham before and the Lord. We are now told that they are angels and they have made their way towards Sodom. Lot, who has gained position within the city, is now at the gate of the city and sees the men coming. Discerning something about them, he immediately brings them into his home and it's almost as if he is aware that they are in grave danger. In verses 4 through 11, we're told that all the men of the city of Sodom gather around Lot's home. Lot's aware of their intent. He tells them in verse 7, do not so wickedly. We learn in verse 9 that the men of the city get angry at Lot, and they remind him that he's an outsider, and he has no business being their judge in what they're trying to do. We find then that the angels intervene. Lot's life is in danger, and so the angels smite all the men of the city with blindness, preventing them from pursuing their goals. Now, there are those in our current generation that imagine that the sins of the men of Sodom were just those of, of being inhospitable, and they argue from passages like Ezekiel 16 in order to make their point. But it's clear that Lot knows that something else is going on here, that their desires are much more evil and wicked. Even his plan to substitute the angels with his virgin daughters shows that there's something else going on, something far more sordid. And even though the city of Sodom is to be destroyed forever, they are depicted as a symbol of great wickedness and deviance. Under Asa's reign, we're told that he rid the land of the Sodomites, showing that there were a certain type of people in the community that did certain kinds of wickedness that had to be eradicated from the land. And in the New Testament, Jude in verse 7 of his epistle tells us that they went after strange flesh. So this is way more than them merely being inhospitable. From verse 12 through 14, we find that the angels give Lot opportunity to warn all of his connections. He goes immediately to the two young men that are engaged to marry his daughters and warns them. But his language is seen to be like the language of Noah. They fall on deaf ears. All the warnings, they just, he seemed like one that mocked. It's almost like the warnings he is giving doesn't fit with the, either their understanding of God or even the kind of man that Lot is. And so as morning approaches from verse 15 through verse 22, the angels reissue the warning. And it seems as if Lot doesn't quite get the gravity of what's going on. He, we are told, lingered and so what happens is the angels grab one on each hand of his family, Lot, his wife, and then both of his daughters are, are laid hold upon. And the angels pull them out of the city 
and towards a nearby mountain. The whole scene is one of urgency. Lot and his family are told, get out of the city, escape for your life, don't even look behind you, just run and get away from this place. And so from verse 23 through 29, God pours his wrath upon the city, fire and brimstone come upon Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham gets up and he watches on as the cities are destroyed. Now in the middle of the passage, we're told that Lot's wife looks behind her and becomes a pillar of salt. What's the significance of her becoming a pillar of salt? Well, obviously, it's the judgment of God for disobedience. They were told, don't even look behind you. And she looks back, indicating her affection, her love and disappointment at having to leave Sodom. But becoming a pillar of salt is a, a symbol of, well, pillar is an indication of, of a memorial. And salt was a preservative. And so it seems like she is preserved as a memorial of the judgment of God upon that area and a warning to future generations. And so from verse 30 through to the end of the chapter, Lot is now a man without a home. He has lost everything that he owned. He has lost his wife. And in the midst of all of this, even his daughters seem to feel like they are cut off from the world and have no attachments. And so they plot this, this idea of preserving their line and lineage and the, the, the wickedness, I, I don't even have time to go into it, that, that follows in the last few verses. And it ultimately results in the Moabites and the Amorites, two people groups that end up causing much trouble to the people of God. And so we come to application. One, we learn that the company you keep will affect your judgment. Lot is clearly being influenced by the city of Sodom, not only in his judgment to give his daughters to the men of the city, but even his slowness to escape having received warning from the angels. All of this show that here's a man whose judgment has been influenced by his environment. Be deliberate about your friendships and your company. Keep company with the best kind of people. I'm not saying that you should be a like a monk or a nun and run away from the world, but in the midst of the things that you can control in being in the places where you choose to be, make sure you choose to be among the best kind of people who provoke you to love and to good works. Two, be careful about those occasions when in an effort to try and avoid one sin, you end up committing another. Lot's desire to protect his visitors was honourable, but to substitute his daughters was altogether wicked. Three, the only intimate relationship permitted by God is between a man and a woman. Anything else either A, distorts the created order, or B, disobeys the call to fruitfulness. So we must follow God's call and command and the ordering of his world. Even the very desire is sin, not just the action. Four, do not think little of small disobediences. The word of the angel to not look behind them may have seemed almost like hyperbole, unnecessary, just exaggerating the point. But this was serious, and with Lot's wife looking behind her and rebelling against that command, she stands then as a monument. In fact, Jesus says centuries later to remember Lot's wife. We're not to succumb to the same mentality of unbelief and rebellion. And we are warned also by the Lord Jesus in Luke 9 verse 62 that no man having put his hand to the plough and looking back is worthy of the kingdom of God. 
And so even there, you see, it's not, it's not just about going back, but even looking back is unworthy. Don't minimize any kind of sin. Five, just because you escape some consequences for sin doesn't mean you're going to escape all. Lot had rebelled against God and going to Sodom in the first place. And while he escapes with his life in this case, he loses all of his wealth, pretty much. He loses his, his wife and ultimately his entire life is demolished and destroyed. So you may feel like you've gotten away in times past. Don't assume you're going to get away with things in the long term. Six, children, beware of what the writer of Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan, called Eygate. Lot's spiritual downward spiral away from God began with a look towards Sodom. His wife's life ended with a look toward Sodom. So be careful as we sing. Be careful, little eye, what you see. It's a warning. We can be destroyed by the things that we look at. Finally, there may not appear to be much in terms of the gospel in this chapter, but it does present to us a warning, a warning of the day when Christ will return to this world in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus. You have it right here. He has come to Abraham. He has sent his angels. He has poured out his wrath. And you, you see this judgment, which is a depiction of the future judgment to come. The warning then is very clear. We need to be those in Christ. You see Abraham here where it says that God remembered Abraham. It's almost pointing forward to the fact that those who are spared, like Lot, only are spared because God remembers a certain man. In this case, he remembers the God-man. And it is by us being in union with Christ that we are spared the judgment and wrath of God.